Welcome to the Dad Strength Podcast, helping you take care of yourself so that you can be present for your people. The Dad Strength Podcast is an Unlearning Network production. My name is Jeff Gervitz, and I am your host, I am your co-dad, and I am your TV guide. You know, my wife and I are pretty much ready to nuke YouTube. There's a lot of value on there, for sure. There's also so much nonsense. I mean, the algorithm doesn't care what you're watching just as long as you are watching. And I recently read this sci-fi novel where the future of the platform often produced videos that were kind of like half-remembered shards of dreams. You know, whatever got people to the next couple seconds of watching, that was good enough. And my son, you know, if we leave him unrestrained, uncontrolled, he will watch any amount of garbage on there from unboxing videos to programs that are basically 30 minutes of someone shouting at camera. You know, YouTube, that reminds me, also seems to lack any kind of volume regulation. In any case, TV has been on my mind. So you know what I did? I called up Carlos Bustamante. Professionally, Carlos is an actor. He is an eminently likable host and interviewer. But most of all, he's on TV, like a lot. He is the host of ET Canada, where he's interviewed guests like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hadfield, Tina Fey, Chris Pratt, Dolly Parton, okay? Uh, And Canadians of a certain vintage will also recognize him from YTV, where he was the host of The Zone for 15 years. Carlos is a thoughtful and tuned-in parent and partner, and just an amazing person to talk about media with. I recorded this episode quite a while back. We were still in the middle of a lockdown, not my first, not my last. And at that point, I was still trying to figure out how the uh, format of the podcast should go. I was planning on something a lot more edited like we had in the first episode. And while I reserved the right to change my mind, this was just such a great conversation that, you know, I really didn't have to mess with it. So in this interview, we talk about discipline. We talk about the continuum from free range to snowplow parenting. And we cover a lot of really universal themes. Before we begin, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Othership. You can visit Othership at othership.us. It is a guided breathwork app. Sessions can wake you up, calm you down, and help you hit reset and get into the state of mind you need. I often use Othership to transition into great sleep, but I will also pull it out if I want to bring a particular focus or creativity to what I'm working on. Uh, You know, I have ADHD, so if you're like me and focus is a real challenge, I can tell you that being able to regulate how you feel is key. Meditation can get you there. Exercise can get you there. And I'm happy to say that Othership is another powerful tool in the garage workshop of your brain. You can try it out for free by visiting Othership.us. Now for my interview with Carlos Bustamante. Uh, You are used to a far higher level of production than the one I can afford, but I will do my best. I I will tell you it's all pretty much an even playing field right now in the last year and a half. So yeah, all the Zoom stuff, all the like internet cutting out, people not knowing what links to follow. That's all, it's part and parcel, man. It's part of it. I did, I did a news interview maybe April of last year. I was like, I don't know if I've got enough pixels for you. And they're like, nobody cares about production quality right now. It's just not no, a thing. Nobody cares. It's true. Yeah. Let's start. Uh, please tell me who you are, um, uh, you know, your kids and how old they are. And just, just give us a little context. Yeah. I am Carlos Bustamante. Um, I'm a reporter on Entertainment Tonight Canada, formerly of YTV. I've got two kids, um, two beautiful, brilliant children. Elijah, our son, is 10. Naomi, our daughter, is eight years old. And so it's, um, yeah, like we were talking just before we recorded, how 10 years 
seems like it wasn't that long ago um, in terms of like when we last saw each other. That's how I gauge time is by how old my children are and where I was when they were each born. And people chronically underestimate that, don't they? They're like, how, how old's your son? Like, like three now, four? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you're always like, no, 17 now. Yeah. I haven't seen you in 15 years. Like that's always how it goes. Oh, I meant to drop by. Yeah. It's always like that. That's exactly right. Okay. So tell me about uh, the, the mixture, the melange of cultures mm. and perspectives in your house. Yeah. Okay. I am, I was born in the Philippines. I was born in Manila and uh, moved to Canada at a very young age, three or four. So there's already this sort of um, cultural mixture of traditions that we have from home, some that are, um, some that we've since forgotten, uh, others that we sort of still keep up. But our in our household, we built our own sort of family traditions, separate from anything that was the kind of came before, I guess. Um, Rachel, my partner, my wife, she was born here in Canada. Her dad is British. Her mom is of Greek descent. And so we've got, uh, we've got a lot of great food in our house. Um, a lot of really great, um, varieties of dishes in our house. Um, and yeah, as far as perspectives go, I'm not, I don't know how, unless I would stop and really reflect on it. It's hard to imagine if they have if the perspectives we have are directly related to sort of the places our parents are from and the place that I'm from, or more just kind of like how we grew up in the cities we grew up in with the people that we met and knew and experiences that we've had. My wife and I have known each other since we were kids. So we grew up as dance partners together through our teenage years. So we've been together for a very, very long time. And so we've shared a lot of our life experience together. So I think one of the interesting things about perspective is that we have, um, seen each other in every stage of our life up to this point and whether you know we have agreed or disagreed on things we've we've been able to show each other um the world through each other's perspective this entire time i realize we're doing this all kind of off the cuff is there a story that comes to mind uh, sort of an example of that um kind of just every day you know we we check in with each other on occasion I don't know, on occasion, it's not like we schedule it, but we go, you know, I'll, I'll turn to her and I'll say, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that we've been able to do this together. And we're like, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year. So really we've known each other for like, since, since we were our kids age, since we were our kids age, that's when we first met essentially. And so we haven't always been happy to, to share like perspectives. Like it's always, it's been there's always ups and downs because as an individual, you've got to grow in and out of things. And imagine you're beside someone the entire time and they might not agree um, with everything that's going on that you want to do and what if you agree or disagree with what they want to do. But at this stage in our life now, we take stock of what we've been through together and the ways that we've grown together um, and how we've been able to make the life that we want after all this time. Is there anything when you think about the way you were raised? where you're like, okay, we're definitely not doing this or where you've had discussions with your wife and saying like, we're going, we're going hard in the opposite direction. It's a lot of how we would relate to our kids. Just, just generally speaking, I love my parents. Um, 
she loves her parents. I love her parents. Like we all respect each other uh, and really appreciate each other. Um, but we both grew up in households that were sometimes unnecessarily strict. What we found, you know, every every teenager thinks their household is unnecessarily strict. But when you compare it to you know your peers, sometimes you go, "Wow, I I have no like I'm really not allowed to do anything." Um, things like that. Um, but also just the way that we kind of relate to and speak to our kids. Like we're both very, honestly, we're childish adults, but I always just say that adults are just kids that are taller, you know, and it just ha- they just have more stuff to do than, than kids do, right? But we're all still eight, nine, 10 inside. And so we both re- relate very well to that and kind of being that age. And so, you know, I had a really great relationship with my folks growing up, but they it's not the same as, um, the way that we hang out with our kids and the way that we spend time and invest time and um, purposefully so because we just kind of like hanging out with them. What like what was like a hard hard no as a child? So you talked about your kid, your your parents being you know fairly strict or at least relative to your mm-hmm. peers. What was like a non-starter that might have been you know totally fine in another household? Oh, even just like hanging out with your friends at a particular, like my mom, <laughs> I'm stealing this quote and I can't remember where I heard it. It's, I've been using it for so long, but I remember, you know, thinking along, I heard this quote and I'm like, oh my God, that was, that was me growing up that the world was a sharp pointed stick to my parents. Like everything was like, you're going to kill yourself on something all the time right? <laughs> or you're going to hurt yourself or whatever. And so I would see, you know, my friends would be hanging out because they could, maybe their parents knew each other and it could have been a cultural thing too. Like I've, I've grown to understand that the way my parents grew up in the Philippines, everybody knew each other. All the families knew each other, the parents knew each other. So if you're going to hang out with so-and-so, you knew that person's everything, right? It was just, you couldn't get away from anyone. Whereas here they didn't know anybody. And so maybe it was, it was just a safety thing of them, like being like, well, I don't know anyone that you know. So no, you can't go. Like that was kind of it. Yeah. What is the hard line for your kids? What what is a what is a place where you've had to sort of draw a line in the sand? Um, I mean, this year is very specific, very different uh, than any others. But a lot of it was them understanding, um, based on our the rules in our house with regards to lockdown, how we were lockdowning and lockdowning, being locked down and quarantining. Um, that they if they saw their friends in the street, they couldn't partake like they just couldn't go sorry we're 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 four of us and that's how it's going to be until we can get like vaccinated and, and until things change and we know that the numbers are better this is what it was like earlier in the year um but in sort of regular life um i don't know man a non-starter uh it it's mostly it mostly has to do with how they speak to or treat people like i i don't want them ever like they're not, they can't disrespect people to, the, to their face. Um, they, you know, if there's, if there's like an issue with friends, we try to try to tell them to like, talk it out, like use your words, talk it out. If you can't talk it out with them, come talk to us and we'll figure out a, a solution. Um, but don't just be like, don't be a dick. Like that's, that's the thing. That's mainly it. Don't do that. That's, that's not cool. 
and you know, like nine, 10 year old boys kind of going to be dicks. Couldn't, well, it's, couldn't, I was, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is like you, um, and I'm sure you're, you've been experiencing this too. It's like your children's experiences, you reflect your own experiences and what they're going through. And so oftentimes you project, Oh, when I was that age, this is how I would have reacted to this scenario. Therefore, maybe my son is going to react the same way. You might be doing something entirely different, completely opposite, or even something that you you would never imagine. Or maybe he's just thinking of a song in his head. Who knows? But it's like the um, the idea is that they are they're going to be a a part of you is going to be um, part of how they grow up, like their personalities. Obviously, if they're spending lots of time with you and if you're sort of enforcing certain rules or just hanging out in a certain way and you like a lot of the same stuff, whatever, but they're going to see the world um, in a very different way on their own. And the world is a very different place than what it was when we were younger. Like my, my son, for example, is um, he's kind of thriving in the virtual school environment because he does well just hanging out on his own and he has his friends but he sees them on zoom and they play video games together and they play chess together or they tell jokes to each other online but he doesn't love the idea of being like in a schoolyard because then he can't see the friends that he wants to see and a lot of the other kids they i know they just don't get along or they don't include him in whatever and so right now he's not suffering through that and so in my mind i remember suffering through that as a kid and so my Immediately, I'm like, well, how can we take a defensive position? But he might not need, you know, he might not need what I'm thinking of doing when he's in his in that scenario. He might he might find another solution that works for him. When I was, um, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. I would just I'd get on a bike and I'd say, "See you later." And never had my hours. hours. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Is it, has the world become more dangerous? Like what, what is, what is different for you now? Um, well, what we we're the conversation we have with regards to like, say that scenario for our kids is that we want to say, we don't want to lock things down so much, you know, in terms of them being, have, being able to have the freedom to like see their friends at a certain age. So part of that means like being involved in our community, in our neighborhood, knowing the people that are, that are the parents of our kids so that, you know, we can feel comfortable if they're going to go hang out over there or just they're going to play down the street. I know this sounds, for some parents, this sounds like, well, duh, of course you're going to go do that. But, you know, the way that I grew up and the way that, that my wife grew up, you know, it was a little bit more locked down, like I said. So for us to, to incorporate that more is actually something that we have to think about and that we're trying to do. Um, is the world a more dangerous place? Uh, I, I think in many ways, yes. And, but in a lot of ways, probably the same. Um, you know, there were situations and scenarios that occurred uh, when I was a kid that you would see on the news or that happened very near to where you lived, where it felt like it, it, the world was a point of music. Like if you just, you know, looked out your window, or you read the news or whatever, I would understand why my parents would say, you can't, you can't go over there. And the same thing happens now, but we're trying to be a little bit more lenient and show our kids that they can have the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? That they, they have their own agency when it comes to like being out there in the world. So yeah, I kind of think of it as um, on a continuum, you have free range kids over here, out in the jungle, no shoes. Uh, we got on the other end, we've got our snowplow parents. Like where would you put yourselves? 
um, I think it, I think it oscillates. I, there are times when I really feel like a snowplow parent. And then after my mess up, I'm like, Oh no, no, it's, it's fine. Like they'll be okay. Like it'll be, it'll be all right. And other times when, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I, if I feel like a free range parent at any given time, like we do keep a pretty close eye on, excuse me, on our kids. Um, but that being said, like, I just look at them and how they're experiencing the world and um, the way they relate it back to me. And it seems like we're doing okay. Like, it seems like we're doing all right. Yeah. And I guess, well, you're also sort of, um, you're a recognizable person, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, does that, does that factor into it? Like, is, is there stuff where you've sort of consciously said, okay, because of this, or, you know, because I, I'm, people recognize me, whatever else has that impacted the way, um, I don't know, anything in this kind of ecosystem. It, it's funny back when we could still go out and like shop in stores or go to movies or whatever. Um, we would go places. My kids got very used to people asking me for my picture. So got, got very used to like stopping if we were walking down the street and me having conversation with people or asking for uh, my photo. And they would be like, every single time, even now, they will still go, do you know that person? <laughs> I'm like, no. But they just, but they, they watched me when they were growing up where they saw me on TV now. And they, they you know, they just wanted to say hello. And I thought it was, they had something interesting to say, whatever, whatever the case is. When my son was really on the first time, I think he has, he was old enough to have a memory of like walking down Queen Street with me. I was taking him to the barber, to the guy I go see. And, uh, you know, when we were walking down the street, there's, people would pop out of the stores and, and stop and chat, or they wanted to say hi, or they wanted to do something or whatever. I would, you know, politely decline if I'm carrying my, my child and my, you know, my son in my arm, or if I would just say crop this, like just only crop it to here, just please don't include him in the photo, whatever it is. Um, and the, that first day I remember him being kind of upset and I was like, what's the matter? Are you okay? Is it like, like what's going on? <laughs> he goes, everyone wants to talk to you, but nobody wants to talk to me. I was like, well, maybe you should, I don't think if they wanted to talk to you, I think that would be the issue. That would be a problem if they wanted to talk to you at this stage. So let them talk to me. It's fine. <laughs> I can imagine my son saying that. Yeah. What the hell? What am I? What am I chopped liver? What's going on? Uh, talk to me about screen time. Yeah. Um, I was raised on a television. So like I, I was that kid that was inside all the time. Like I had friends, but my friends were mostly cousins. And so it was organized when we got together, right? It was like an organized, we're going to go visit uh, Tita so-and-so and go to their place. And you're going you're gonna to have a sleepover there or whatever. It was very, it wasn't until I was like in older grade school already that was like, I can, I'm going to have my classmate over or we're going to play in front of the house, but we can't go down the block kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm aware of like how much... Um, we don't want the kids to be in front of screens and stuff. It's obviously different now than it was when we were just sitting there watching TV or playing, you know, Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. That being said, I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours on end. And as much as I am a, you know, a man child, like so many of us are, I don't think my brain is scrambled up because I played a lot of Nintendo. Um, 
that said, our kids don't have, well, up until pandemic, they now have their own little computers for school, but they don't have iPhones and iPads and that stuff. They get to watch uh, TV cartoons or movies when they're done, whatever they have to do. So if it's schoolwork or reading or whatever, that comes first. Um, we tend to watch stuff together. So in the evening, we'll watch a movie together. Or like I said, like I'm a child, I enjoy cartoons. So we watch cartoons together. And then they get to play video games um, as much as they want on the weekend, as long as it's not a problem when we need to go do something else. I like stories in general. So, you know, they're not on YouTube watching like unboxing videos. Like they're, if they're watching stuff, they're watching a movie, they're watching a cartoon, a TV show, whatever it is. Uh, they're great stories and video games. So they're doing that too and reading. But um, that's, that's basically the pattern in this house. What is a, uh, a show or a movie that, that the whole family has come together around? We, we were just watching the Cars trilogy the other day. Like my son was like, hey, I haven't seen Cars 2 since I was basically like a baby. Can we watch it? And I, if I can remember it. And I was like, dude, you used to say, it. you knew every line. So we would watch a lot of Pixar movies. We did the Cars trilogy. Um, that show, Avatar The Last Airbender, which is a show that was on YTV when I was on YTV. And it's one of the best shows I think that's ever been made in the history of television. The kids got into it and they watched the season. The, the, I mean, all three seasons are available on Netflix. So they watched those over and over and over again. And as a result, like I knew the episode. So I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to sit down here and watch this here with you. And Rachel hadn't really seen it before. But as a result, now she's like, she knows the series back to front and she loves it. <laughs> I had said to her too, like, I think, I don't know, it was like the seventh or eighth time, like the kids watched the whole season back to front. And I was like, have you ever watched a show in its entirety as much as you've watched this one? She's like, absolutely not. I absolutely have not. Yeah. It's, it is special. It's got, it's got the sort of the hijinks and the goofiness. It's got some real storytelling. I just, we, we just watched it for the first time, you know, I don't know, maybe six months ago. I was like, Prince yeah. Zuko's a good girl. <laughs> I was, I saw I was your like, eyebrows go up. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it had some depth. It had some complexity. It's, it's a great show. It's fantastic. Uh, we got into the dragon prince, maybe more me. So, Ooh. or me more than my son. Now. And now you're like, when's the next season? Like, I want to know what happens. It's dope. Uh, it's, dope. it's really good. Have you guys watched uh, Mitchell's versus the machines yet? Amazing. 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 Those are the, like, I love, you know, there are, are certain movies that people talk about as classics and like Pixar is always revered, right. For their storytelling and, and like how they push, um, I don't know how they, how they touch on like important themes in life, all those sorts of things, but freaking Mitchell's versus machines, man. Like that, like that group that's doing those styles of animation, the Sony group there. And especially, um, Oh, their names right now. I love, they used to do, uh, they started off in Clone High and now they're doing all, all of these movies. Um, Lord and Miller. If it's like a Lord and Miller production, that's, you know, it's a quality comedy. It's a good time. Yeah, they, you know, Into the Spider-Verse was... Oh, it's amazing. Prestige. yeah. So really good. good. Um, okay, let me ask you this. What, what dad wisdom do you have? Like, what have you either absorbed from other... Uh, positive influences or what have you figured out and cobbled together on your own? They always say patience is a virtue, but like patience is so underrated. Like you have to, you have to be able to cultivate patience and like 
in raising your kids and being a, a parent. And, and you're like, you see how it, um, how it aids you in all of your relationships once you've really started working on it and understanding where um, listening and patience lead you. You know, when I was, Rachel, there's another thing that Rachel will just often just talk about when we're sitting on the couch. It's like, when we started this whole thing of being parents, we were so different than we are now. And I always used to describe it to people as like, if when you become a parent, it's all, it's like, it's like a door suddenly appeared in front of you and you walked through it and then you, and then you, you never realized it existed, but everything feels different on the other side of that door. And you look back and you know, what's on the other, you know, what's behind you, which like, you know what, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm going to, like, I can still see it, but it's, I don't need to be on that side of the door anymore. Um, diving in head first into, um, being a parent and everything that goes along with it. So like enjoying everything that's beautiful about it, understanding that there are going to be very difficult times within it. Um, and this is just from like our experience of having, having these two uh, in our house for the last like 10 and eight years, uh, freeloaders. Um, but just like being able to understand everything that's going to be happening, enjoy everything that's going to be happening. Um, take some things in stride, put your ego to the side, have a lot of patience and learn to listen to um, your partner because it's if you happen to have a partner, raising children together is this sort of team sport and you can't like, you can't drop the ball or let the other person carry it for too long. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta do your part. Um, but you also have to learn that, you know, a when your child can vocalize before they can before they can speak you kind of understand what their needs are biologically you know feed them sleep them change them whatever whatever but once they be able to start to express even though they might not have all the words you also have to listen <laughs> you have to be able to be there to be like i oh there's an emotional need here that you are trying to figure out how to say and i can help you get there and that will make our relationship actually better and will be easier for us going along as as we move through all the changes of the next few years Parents are like, well, how do I get my kids to do this? It's like behavior change isn't about puppeteering your kids. It's no. about understanding you know, what do they want and, and helping to facilitate. I mean, you can, you can have stuff that you want, but you can't go into their little brains and, uh, and flip switches around. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, last question. Last question. How do I want to phrase this? What has... What has surprised you? Like, what were you not expecting? That's, that's because we know, we know, like, we're sort of prepped for certain things, but what, what yeah. really took you by surprise? Understanding my parents better, I think was something that I, that kind of like took me a bit by surprise because like we had talked so much earlier about like the world being a sharp pointed stick. You got it. You got a kid that's, you know, learning to be on the monkey bars for the first time. All of a sudden you start doing all the math in your head. You're like, well, this is a this is a seven foot fall. My kid weighs this much. If he falls at this angle, that's going to break. If he falls at that angle, that's going to break. Um, also, just like <laughs> it's it's like all those different you're out in the world scenarios. You can say to yourself before you have kids, like I'm going to be like the coolest dad out there. My kid is going to love me, and he's like, we're just going to get it. Like we're just going to get it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you're out there at the playground, and you're like. I don't want my, I just don't want my kid to get hurt. Or if my kid gets hurt, like, how do I, 
how do I not make it an overblown reaction so that they're not afraid of getting hurt or that they associate hurt with? It's like you use it to learn so much stuff. There's just so much that comes with it. I know this is not the answer to your initial question, but this is where my mind always goes. It's like, then I start to think, um, you know, when I'm relating back to my parents, I start to understand, okay, well, this is what they were thinking maybe when they made that decision. Or that thing that I thought was so unfair when I was growing up, maybe wasn't even because they, like, it was a big deal to me, but it wasn't, it was just something that they had to do, right? Like it might've, it, to them, it wasn't going to be a life-changing thing for, it was just like, I'm just, yeah, I just got to keep you safe today. So you got to do this now. Yeah. It's a whole, there's a, yeah, just, just a whole cluster of emotions. And I sometimes, yeah, sometimes I have to, con, I have to deal with my, myself before I can run over, you know, and properly deal with him. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, based on, I guess, who we spend most of our time with as we're sort of learning these things growing up, there are things that sort of become your automatic it's like i'm going to react this way maybe i maybe you justify something like i'm going to react this way because my dad reacted this way and i and i'm okay I, i'm fine so why wouldn't it be okay if uh i reacted this way with my kid but you don't realize there's some there's some crap down there that maybe you're not totally fine and so you gotta just like we always say like we want our kids to do better than we did we all we often think of that as being like financially or success wise or whatever we also want our kids to do better than we did like with their emotional life we want them to be able to come to grips with things in a healthy way maybe learn some things sooner if they if they have an opportunity to um yeah there's a lot of that stuff there's a lot of unpacking of your childhood and your growing up that happens when you start to look at how to parent how to be a good parent 10 out of 10 answer I think 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. That's, so good. Like really, uh, I, I mean, that's, that's a, at the heart of a lot of stuff. And I, I, I think that too, it's like, oh, I turned out okay. But did I though? Another part of my voice goes, are you sure? Are you sure you don't have yeah. any trauma? Uh, thank you, man. It's so, it's so nice to be able to do this. Yeah, this has been great. This is when, whenever you want to like link up again and chat more, let's do it. This is cool. And I am definitely going to take Carlos up on that offer because I think he really gets it as a parent, as a partner. And I had a lot of fun speaking with him. So thank you for tuning in today to our second episode. Lots more to come. You can follow us on the Unlearning Network on your favorite platform. We'll see you soon. <laughs>